Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 249. This week, we're talking with Chris and Joy Copeland about preparation and the value of remembering what God has done. That's really hard because we have one foot in Ireland and one in the United States. And Chris and I, we say that we feel like we're doing the splits and our bodies weren't meant for that. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. We want to provide a way for thousands of people to hear a message make connections, and take action. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But before I do, I want to say welcome to Amanda, Bernie, and Kenton, who all recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. Welcome. It's great to be connected with you there. If you're listening and you haven't yet connected there, visit facebook.com slash engagingmissions. So a little bit more about thousands of people hearing messages making connections and take action. I'd like to talk a little bit about that because I'm believing that we can get this show out to provide encouragement and insight to at least a thousand people per month. And I'm going to need your help to do that. If you've been with us for a while, I'm going to be asking you to partner with me. If you think that what we're doing here is valuable in the kingdom, I'm going to ask you to partner financially, in prayer, and in sharing the show. You can find out more about that at engagingmissions.com patron. This week, we're going to be talking about provision, the value of setting up Ebenezer's. And if you don't know what those are, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well as preparation. Our guests are Chris and Joy Copeland. They're a husband and wife team, and they are right now in the U.S. raising funds to leave for Ireland. They feel a strong sense of urgency because they see the incredible needs there and they're actively raising that support, but they are in the middle of the process right now. This is a great opportunity for us to hear from a family who is walking by faith right now. They're in the middle of this. I think it's a great conversation. You're really gonna love this. I'd like to kind of set the stage for this. In particular, thinking about Ireland, because I would suspect that if people are like me, they probably have some pretty varied pictures of what Ireland might be like, especially if they've watched a lot of movies. So they might think about (laughs) the IRA or they might think about the coastlines or the accents or the history, all of those kinds of things. But I think the reality of Ireland right now might be a little bit different than what we think. Can you share with us what a little bit about Ireland? Yeah, actually, one of the first things that people think when we say we're missionaries to Ireland is, oh, I've always wanted to go there. They always seem, it seems so pretty or it's yeah. everyone's so nice. And, and we say, yes, those are, those are true. But then when we give our presentation and we talk about some of the needs in Ireland, they go, wow, I had no idea mm. it was that bad over there. And so it's, it's kind of interesting re-educating people at the spiritual need. I mean, yes, it is a beautiful vacation spot. Yes, the people are very hospitable, but it's also 
just a great spiritual darkness that's going on right now. Wow. So, so what are some of those needs? So some of those needs are, you know, the first thing you think of, and this is what we thought of as, you know, Ireland is supposed to be majority Catholic. Mm -hmm. Then when you look into it a little closer, it's a cultural Catholicism. So they're not actually going to church. They're not actually practicing. There's that. Ireland has some of the highest suicide rates in the world. Mm. Ireland is abandoning religion faster than every country on earth, except for Vietnam. There's a whole bunch of different things that we're like, wow. I mean, basically they're, they're just running from the, their historic faith that they used to have, mm. you know, and, and doing things like two years ago, they, by popular vote, legalized gay marriage. And then this year they overturned a referendum protecting the unborn. So mm. abortion is now legal in Ireland. And so these are it's just kind of showing, you know, how secular they're quickly becoming. Wow. As I think about those, you're planning to go over, you're going to be church planners while you're there, but I would suspect that you also have some ministry opportunities that you're looking for that address some of those really natural needs, if you will, some of the the very practical needs. What what kinds of needs are you are you expecting to be able to be part of addressing when you're there? We're actually really excited about it because the church that we'll be working with is Galway City Church. Mm-hmm. And they have they're just starting a ground floor of a compassion center where they will be working with women who feel pressured to have an abortion mm. because it's much cheaper now for the medical system in Ireland to abort a child as opposed to pay for the mom and the child's care during pregnancy. So there's that. And they'll also be working with families to help them kind of get on their feet with Mm. the the economic decline in Ireland and also help with counseling and suicide (coughs) prevention and, and like after school care and, you know, just a bunch of stuff that it's now on the ground floor. And by the time we get there, we'll be able to just jump right in and be really excited. We're actually really excited to, to be a part of that because it's huge. It's a huge need in Ireland. Wow. Yeah. It was really, it was really kind of cool that I was able to take a couple suicide prevention and intervention trainings through both my work and then also at a church. And I was doing it because I knew that Ireland has suicide issues. But then the team sent me, sent us an email and they're like, Chris, we, we need you here soon with, with that training. Mm. You have a unique opportunity to provide that suicide intervention that's not really available in the country in, the, in this particular way. And so it made me just all the more really want to go. Mm-hmm. So God was definitely orchestrating some steps there. Wow. It, it, I would imagine as you're in the process of raising funds, but you also see this, these really s- serious practical needs out there in front of you, that it can be a little bit difficult to be patient during this time while you're trying to raise <laughs> funds. H- how, how, how do you work through that? Oh boy, it's a daily battle. Yeah. I spend um, a lot of time praying yeah. about it and making sure that we're present in the moment while we're here. Yeah. So, and that's, that's really hard because we have one foot in Ireland and one in the United States. And Chris and I, we say that we feel like we're doing the splits and our bodies weren't meant for that, (laughs) but we're, we're really trying to embrace where God has us now Mm -hmm. and still working toward the future. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Every every day we wake up and we're like, God, why aren't we there? Why, why can't we be there today? <laughs> yeah. You know, and we, we trust that he has 
some, you know, he's, he knows what he's doing. So mm. we're just being, trying to be patient and waiting for his timing. What, what advice would you give to somebody who's in a similar situation right now and they're really struggling with how to deal with it? Keep on keeping on. Mm. Yeah. You know, what, what God has called you in the light, don't doubt it in the night. Just keep on keeping on. That's a that's a good quote. I don't know that I've heard it quite that way before. I <laughs> I kind of like that one. <laughs> As I think about your ministry, I, I looked at your website a little bit, and it looks like you've been in ministry in some form or another since the, the 1990s or so, but it was just <laughs> a few years ago that you felt the call to, to go to Ireland. How how did God reveal that call to you? Well, it wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the short, we'll try to make this short. The, the short story is that Joy and I give each other goals for our anniversary every year. Oh. And and I've been, I was in the business world. I have two degrees in business, a master's degree in business and leadership development and working as an IT guy at, at a university, one in California for 10 years and then one out here for about eight years. And I was just kind of feeling like this isn't, what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. Wow. And, and Joyce, like, why don't you spend this year praying about your vocation and then see what God tells you? I really thought he'd be like a professor or something. I had no <laughs> idea God was going to call us overseas. <laughs> so I started praying and God revealed pretty quickly that he wanted us to be a mission missionaries. And, and I really struggled with that because we had just bought a house and I, I just felt like Joy wasn't going to be on board with this this is a big news, you know? And so I kind of wrestled with God for about nine months and he just kept saying missions, missions. And mm. so finally he opened up an opportunity for me to talk to Joy about it. And so long story short, we both agreed this is what God wanted. So when you heard this, Joy, were you on board? No. Um, <laughs> Not at first. No. no. It, it was a, we were walking out of church one day and and I had said, you know, it's, it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's time for lunch. Mm. And so I, I, expected the words out of my mouth to be, Hey, where do you want to go for lunch as a family? But instead the words of, Hey, do you think we missed our calling? Maybe we should have been missionaries came out. And when, yeah, I don't even know. I, I still don't know to this day how that happened. And I hadn't mentioned anything. About no, missionary work and Chris hadn't talked point. to me. And so I was like, okay. And Chris said, yeah, let's go. And I went, what now? And I, I just thought, I don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole because God's going to make me go and I don't want to go. And I just started anxiety medication. And, and I thought if God calls me to be a missionary, I'm going to be a missionary in some like third world country Mm. and like the boondocks in a little hut, you know, that's enough to give me anxiety in itself. So I I had prayed about it for about a week and then kind of God just kept telling me, you know, you really need to talk to Chris about it. So we did. And and at that point it was, you know, it's a no brainer. When God calls you to go, you go. So it doesn't matter where or when, when God says, move, you move. And at that point it was like, okay. So it took me about a week to get on board, but (laughs) it was a, it was a long week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it would probably take me a little bit longer than a week to to, (laughs) recognize and agree to that kind of radical life transformation. And I mean, if, if you think about it, it's kind of ridiculous to th- sit there and argue with God, but that very well might be me as well. <laughs> when, you, when you started feeling like God was calling you in this direction, you had that conversation yourselves, to, you know, the two of you together. How did the conversations with your, your three boys and the rest of your family and friends go? The, the boys were on board, and wow. I think it's because they thought we were going to pack up the next day and just move to another country. 
they didn't realize it was going to be four years later, Yeah. but they, they were very much on board and they were like, you know, when, if God wants us to go, let's go, that'll be great. You know, we mm. can tell people about Jesus and, and that was really neat. Our family. Wait, before you move on, I want to, oh. I want to add something. So about our kids. So, you know, of course they were ready to go the next day, uh, four years ago when we talked to him about it, but our kids have sacrificed a lot over the last four years wow. with, you know, le- we've moved around several times. We have, you know, we have had to do traveling and different things. And so they're, you know, it's hard for them to put down roots. And so my oldest son, he's a junior this year. He's like, he's like a year away of, you know, graduating and being an adult. And he's mm-hmm. like, I hope that I get to go and experience this with, with you guys because we've, we've sacrificed so much. We want to enjoy the, you know, the being there and actually seeing it all come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was like, yeah, son, I, I want you to go with us too. I hope that we can go soon. Yeah. yeah. You know, that so, was huge. Anyway, for your family. Yeah. And, and so our family, mm-hmm. I would say most were on board. Our friends, most were on board. I mean, some, some had been praying. My nephew had been praying for years that we would become missionaries. Mm-hmm. Wow. Overseas. Yeah. He told us that when he was 10 and I kind of like patted his leg and, you know, condescendingly said, well, that would take an act of God, kiddo. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like here we are eight years later, God, you know, we're working toward getting to the field. So we've had a lot of support from our friends and family. I, I'm just, I'm thinking about your boys. You, you mentioned that they've given up quite a bit with the hope that they'll be able to go to Ireland with you with that expectation mm-hmm. as you're in the process right now, you're raising funds and you're doing other things. What are you able to do now in terms of living on mission, so to speak, and being active in ministry, wherever it is that you are? So interesting stories that God took me from being a business major and our, our, our Ireland field supervisor said, Chris, it might be helpful for you if you could get ordained mm. and, 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 or get, you know, probably and if you could get a theological degree as well. And so I started to do some studying and talk to a church about, you know, what would be the ordination or ordination process. You know, it took me a couple of years to finally get it all together and learn enough so I could go through that. But last May I I, I was ordained hmm. at, under the Rocky Mountain Conservative Baptist Association after like a two hour grueling ordination council. <laughs> and and I haven't yet completed a degree. And so this was all just personal study. Wow. That I was able to get through it. So I know I have a lot more to learn and I intend to get up another degree probably in, in, and the, he's in been theology. Preaching and... and so yeah, and so at, at the church I, I've been preaching lately and, mm-hmm. and you know, just volunteer preaching and, and I, you know, led worship for a while and, and a lot of times too, even just giving our presentation ends up being ministry opportunities mm-hmm. because we'll sit down with somebody and we'll say, you know, we're intending to give our story to see if they're interested in partnering with us. And someone will say, I'm going through a really hard time right now. And so we have to put aside, not yeah. have to, we get to put aside our, <laughs> our, our yeah. presentation okay. and say, you know, how can we pray for you and what's going on with you? And we may not even share about Ireland the whole night. Mm. And so th- those open up some interesting opportunities mm. as well. Wow. I, I'm, I, I'm just trying to process that, right? Because you've got this this need, right? You've got a calling and yet you're laying that aside. And I just, I think that speaks to something that I heard another missionary share talking about how bringing the gospel always brings death to the bringer and life to the receiver. And in this sense, it's kind of death to your agenda. And I I get that, but I, I appreciate that you're willing to do this. I think about, 
you in the process of raising funds right now and looking forward to being in Ireland. And I think that in my experience anyway, a lot of times we see God stretching our faith. So he'll put us in a place where we have to walk by faith and we can look back on something else and say, well, God saw me through this, so he'll see me through this next thing. What kinds of things have you had in your past that have allowed you to walk through those times when you had to walk by faith? That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean for it to be. No, no, it's good. (laughs) I mean, we've seen God move in big ways, you know, in our life to little, little, little things like like we call them the Ebenezer stones that remind us of like, okay, this is, this is where God brought us through. Like I can think of one story where I was working at Azusa Pacific University in California Mm. and California has horrendous house prices. And we got into this little ranch style, two bedroom house, maybe three bedroom house, but it was way more than we could afford. It was kind of a stupid decision on our part. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even that great of a house. It was just California or Southern California. And there are a lot of great houses in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and ours I mean, was nice. But it we it just, was too expensive it, for yeah, what it was. We weren't very wise. <laughs> but we, we were struggling with being able to pay. I was working at a private university and Joy was a stay-at-home mom at the time. And we, we, were, we weren't able to make our rent. And so I remember mm-hmm. walking to lunch going, like, God, what, what are you, like, what's going on? I, I, where are you right now? I need, we need your help. You know, I, we can't even afford to pay our rent. And we've got three, you know, young kids under the age of four. I don't know what, what's going on, but I need your help. And as as I'm praying this, a car of one of my colleagues drives by and he kind of waves out the window and, and I wave back. And then when I walk back to my office, he stops and he said, hey, Chris, I, I kind of feel like God's asking me to write you a check. And I don't and I don't know why. And mm-hmm. he's and I and he's like, how much do he said, do you need some money? And I was like, yeah, actually, I was just praying about that. And he goes, how much do you need? And I said, you know you write a check for whatever you feel is the right amount. And he wrote a check for the exact amount for our rent. <laughs> wow. Without, without knowing what our rent or without our, our mortgage was, mm. not rent, but our mortgage. Yeah. And so it's little things like that. And you're like, wow, God is there and he's real and he is listening. And then it's even the big things too. I mean, that, that was pretty big for us, mm. but my grandparents, recently passed away in March. Mm -hmm. And our prayer for years had been that they would pass away together. And because they'd been married for 74 years. Mm -hmm. And so we were just all praying. And when my grandfather got sick, my grandmother, she had dementia. And so she didn't quite understand what was going on, but he passed away on March 4th. And all of us, you know, we, we were expecting it since September. We were expecting that to happen. But then two weeks later to the day, my grandmother passed away to be home with Jesus and to be home with her husband. And it was just a huge time of, okay, God, you're seeing us through the first death of our grandfather. And it was a huge shock that she had passed away because she was fine. She was healthy. Everything was good. But it it was just just her time. Mm -hmm. And she just, it was, you know, probably a broken heart is what she passed away from, but it was such a huge answer to prayer for all of us because Chris was able to do the funeral and we were able to have them both do the funeral together. And it was exactly what they wanted. And so that was just a huge time of God seeing us through a really difficult time. And we wonder why are we still here? And maybe it's, it's for moments like that, that we could, you know, be here with the family, be here for the funeral and, you know, yeah. 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 And respect. 
one of the things I've heard from a number of people is that sometimes the most difficult thing about being overseas in a cross-cultural situation isn't so much having a holiday without your family there, although that's I've heard that's difficult, but not being able to be back for a funeral of a loved one. I've heard that's really difficult. So I, I, as difficult as that kind of time is, I'm really thankful that you guys were able to do that. When things do get tough and you start to, to wonder, are there any particular scriptures that you lean on? Oh, boy. <laughs> there are... I mean, there's quite a few Proverbs three, five through six, trust in the Lord with all your heart, yeah, that, not on your own understanding. I mean, that's Chris's life verse. And yeah, that, that um, one comes back a lot for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. So lean, lean on, on your own understanding part that I'm like, okay, God, I don't understand why we're still here, but I'm going to lean on you during this time. Mm. Yeah. You know, then Isaiah 55, you know, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Those are two really big ones that Chris and I lean on because we don't, we don't understand what God is doing, but his ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And he sees the big picture while we only see a snapshot. So we really cling to those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. We, we've kind of set the stage a little bit. I think at this point we've talked about Ireland and some of the needs we've talked a little bit about your history and your calling and, and even some of the things that you're planning to be part of, in terms of going to Ireland. And, you know, just to be transparent, one of the things we're looking for is that if people listening to you feel called to be part of supporting you, that they would have that opportunity to join in. But one of the things people like to know is, what is it that you're asking me to join into? What What are you planning to do? Help me catch the vision for what you're doing. Can you maybe share with us a little bit of what you're expecting to see God do when you're there? Yeah, so initially... My task will be to, so my master's degree is in leadership development from Mm -hmm. the business world. And I've been a part of helping churches here in Colorado do a leadership development program where the church will, the pastor will pick out 12 people that, you know, have good leadership abilities and will train them over nine months in doctrine and theology and how to help people through grieving and, Mm -hmm. and all these different things. And then at the end of the program, we'll release them into church leadership. And the community. And in the community, yeah, for whatever ministry they're interested in leading or starting. And so we, Joy and I both went through that as part of that church. And we thought, I thought this is a great program. How can I do something like this on the field? Because it kind of, it it makes now sense why I got a master's degree in leadership development. Yeah. And, and then he called me to missions, you know. So I went to the field in, in Ireland and, and they're like, okay, Chris, what is it you want to do here? Because you're not like the rest of us. You're not, you know, a pastor, a theologian, or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and so I told him about this program and he said, oh, would, that would be awesome because here in Ireland, you know, the church is run by missionaries still mm-hmm. and the Irish locals aren't stepping up to take these leadership roles. And he's like, if you could start a program like that here and help train up you know, leaders within the church, then he goes, I, I could see you loaning you out to churches around the West Coast of Ireland and starting programs at those churches because this is a widespread problem mm. in Ireland. And so that's initially what we'll be doing. Also working with the Compassion Center that we mentioned earlier. I, I think the, the big key is bringing hope to the hopeless. Mm. Yeah. So no matter what that looks like, whether that be, you know, going to somebody's funeral while we're there or, you know, grieving alongside of somebody who's grieving or rejoicing with somebody who's rejoicing 
daily lives, living in and out amongst the Irish and the internationals, because there's quite a few in Galway as well. So just bringing bringing the hope of Christ to people who just now live without it. Mm -hmm. So I think overall, that's our big, our big mantra, our big, you know, something that we really want people to join us in God's work over there. Yeah. A story that, that, that we, we were in Ireland and we were reading an article and they were talking, it was about suicide and it was talking about there were five teen suicides in Galway city over one weekend. And it was the year anniversary of this. And they, they interviewed the person who runs the suicide hotline in, in that area and said, what is it you hear the most when people call? And he said, the thing that we hear the most is a lack of hope. Hmm. And, and that broke our hearts because we, you know, we know that Jesus brings hope. And so that, at that, at that point just kind of became our mantra of like, you know, bringing hope to the hopeless is really what we want to do. Hmm. And with the, with abortion now being legal, I I have heard from women who have had abortions before that their bodies and their mind go to some really dark places. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we just really want to be there to help bring the hope and love of Christ back to a country that used to have it. Mm -hmm. You've, well, there's there's just so much there. It's it's really hard to, (laughs) to, I mean, everything from ministering hope to those who probably have none at that point, people who have been through incredibly difficult psychological and physical things to people that feel like they have nothing to live for, all the way to helping develop leaders in the community as well as in the church through leadership development. How how do you tie all that together and maintain your focus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a great question. That's probably a question most missionaries ask themselves every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I know that they're, you know, you go into a place going, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then God gives you a hundred different opportunities of things to do when you're there. Mm. And so, you know, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Other than everything I think falls under the umbrella of bringing hope to the hopeless, whether we're doing leadership development, whether we're doing the compassion center, you know, eventually, Having coffee with a neighbor. Having coffee with a neighbor, yeah. Going to, you know, weddings and funerals and whatever it happens to be. Hmm. I think it all falls under that umbrella. And so that's the that's the main goal. Yeah. If you could look maybe two or three generations in the future and see the results of what God's done through you being in Ireland, what would you hope to see? I would hope to see... And Joy may have a different answer than I do, but I would hope to see a number of very healthy evangelical churches planted in the West Coast of Ireland that are engaged in the community, that are, you know, living the life that Jesus would want them to live, you know, amongst the, the Irish. That, that's, that would be my hope. My hope would be seeing individuals having an active and living faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Wow. And maybe those are hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, that that's good. So let's bring it back a little bit to the fundraising. I kind of got ahead of myself right, right there. <laughs> You're raising funds right now. What what does a day in the life look like when you're a full-time missionary, but you're also raising funds to actually go to where you're called to go? What what does that look like? It's a lot of reaching out to reaching people. out to people and and churches and pastors. And I, in fact, I'm going out to lunch next week with two pastors that have already said no, they won't add us as missionaries, but they were still agreeing to go out to, to lunch. 
And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get to know them and, and pray for their ministry. And, and maybe they have some contacts they can share with us and, mm. you know, you know, or, or let us come and speak to the church because even, even, we're not trying to take money away from the missionaries that we're already supporting. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to reeducate people about the need in Ireland. And if people have a heritage or a heart for Ireland and want to get involved, you know, we want to give them that, that opportunity because it's, what we're doing isn't just for us. Mm-hmm. It, the giving is also a part of growing closer to Christ because they, you know, it's putting your, your trust in the Lord and in your finances, you know. Can, can you say a little bit more about that? Because I hear it from time to time, but I'd love to hear your perspective on giving, drawing people closer to Christ. We've gone through varying moments, even in our own faith together, where we've struggled with even just tithing mm. and we're like, you know, we, we can't afford it. And God, why would you ask us to give when we have hardly enough to, you know, <laughs> to afford our rent or feed our family or whatever it is. And then at one point probably started with joy. Cause she, yeah, she, I think she was on a, she was, a, she was deeper spiritually at the time. Um, <laughs> we'll just say that. And, and we just got onto, okay, you know what? We have to do this. We have to be giving God the first fruits of our finances, it's even if it doesn't, anyway. yeah, even if it doesn't make sense, we've yeah, got to write nothing. that check first. Yeah. And you know what? God provides, like, I mean, even if it's a colleague at work, giving you a check for your rent, God provides. Or it's a free car that you're praying for. Yeah. Joy's prayed for, car. this is, it blows me away. Joy has played twice that we would get a free car from someone because we needed an extra car for whatever reason. And twice God has delivered us a car that was free. Mm-hmm. I, and I still am astounded by that. We're, we're driving one of them now, actually. Wow. Not right, right right now, but it's, <laughs> it's outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, it's, it blows me away. Mm. And I think in, you know, we're giving people the opportunity to, to give toward God's work in other places is it's just, something that we'd had, we've had to learn and go through is that it's all God's. He owns it all anyway. Mm -hmm. And so what he asks of us to give back to him is really nothing in comparison to all that he's given us. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting right now we're living in a borrowed house with borrowed furniture. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) the, The house we're living in is not, it's owned by some other missionary colleagues of ours and they're allowing us to stay here. Until we get to Ireland. Until we get to Ireland. And when we, in January, we were sure God was going to send us. And so we sold everything, all of our furniture, all of our kitchen stuff, everything that we, that we owned that we weren't taking with us to Ireland, which wasn't very much. And for whatever reason, we're still here because we moved into a, another borrowed house that was fully furnished. And so we're like, okay, great. We're going to get rid of all of our stuff now. And we moved into the house that was fully furnished. And, and then all of a sudden they, they needed to sell their home and, mm-hmm. and our time there was, was up. And so we were like, God, we don't, what are you doing? We're, we have no place to live and we have nothing to, to put in the house if we do find a place. And God provided the house and then furniture, all the furniture, <laughs> like just, it just happened. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's, I mean, it, it really is all God's and he, he provides even the smallest needs. Yeah. I have what's, what might be a controversial question and it's not my desire to be controversial with it. <laughs> But I hear from time to time of missionaries who get to maybe 60 or 70 or 75% funded and they're able to just go. They don't have all the resources that they need or want, but they the, the call is so strong that they're able to go. 
Is there a reason that you're pushing toward 100%? Our missions agency, basically, we're going through a missions agency in, now it's in Inglewood, called World Venture. It's been around for about 75 years. Mm. And, and they require that we're at 100% before we go. Okay. Because they've, they've seen missionaries that go overseas without full funding and crash and burn and have to come back early mm-hmm. or end up having to come back early because it's, it's really hard to raise funds in the States when you're overseas. Yeah. And so, so they require that we go to hundred percent first before we can even apply for our visa. Wow. And so we respect that just because, yeah. you know, we, we've seen that through our years, you know, people that go before they're fully funded and have to cut it short. As you think about your support raising right now, how close are you to that 100% mark? So we are at 72% today. Actually, we had a new partner join us today, Mm. took us to 72%. And so we're, I mean, we're really close. Just need the last of it to come in. So the way it would break down basically is that we need 28 partners at $100 a month, basically, Mm. or double that for 50 dollars a month. 56 people. Right? 56 people. I'm not good at math. So I, <laughs> I look to joy. That's why I'm a, that's why I'm a business person and a theologian now, I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> Waitressing cool. helps. Waitressing helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're really close. We just need that last little bit. I actually appreciate the wisdom of that because I do hear about people that have to come back early for exactly the reasons that you mentioned. So I, I do appreciate that. If somebody has been listening for the last 30 minutes or so, and they've, they've heard your story, they've heard about what's going on and they're thinking, you know, I, I might want to partner with Chris and Joy and be part of what God's going to do in Ireland. What would you suggest they do first? They could do one of two things. One is they could go to our website, which is www.worldventure.com slash CJ Copeland. And, and they can see our information or they can contact, contact us directly and we can meet over Skype or in person or mm-hmm. whatever and tell them more information because, you know, there's a lot of stories that obviously we couldn't even fit into our podcast today, Yeah, I'm sure. And so, you know, if they want to hear more of the story, we'd love to talk with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And we'll definitely have that stuff linked up in the show notes for people. So if you're listening right now, you can tap or swipe or whatever your favorite podcast app does to find those show notes. You can click on through and you'll be able to connect right there. We definitely want to provide that. We've listened to your story. You've been so kind and you've been so generous to share your heart and your experiences and to pour out into us. Now I'm wondering, as we're listening, how can we best pray for you? Hmm. Well, the obvious one would be that we would get to our, our 100% so we can go because we want to we want to go and, and begin this ministry that we feel like God's preparing us for. Hmm not just for over the last four years, but we've seen threads of how he's, he's been preparing us for this most of our Christian lives, mm. even before that. For instance, I grew up in the Catholic Church. And so I you know, went through all of the different sacraments and, and then left the Catholic Church right before my confirmation mm. because I, there were some things that I, was, I had questions about and I wasn't getting the answers I was looking for. So I think that experience is going gonna, is gonna to help us there. Joy grew up in a home where her father was an abusive alcoholic. Mm. And she now loves Jesus. Who is now a Christian, yeah. <laughs> I, I just have to throw that in there. Yeah. And so I think that is going to be experienced because, you know, we didn't, I think we didn't mention this earlier, but, you know, obviously Ireland and alcoholism are kind of synonymous. Mm. But, you know, the, the stats are that over of 
of the people who drink, 50% of them have excessive harmful drinking patterns. Mm. And so all of this experience that even as we were kids growing up is going to, is leading us to what we're going to be doing there. And so we're just anxious to go. And I would say too, from a a mama's heart, you know, I would love my kids to experience what God is going to do through them Mm. in Ireland and wherever else God takes them. We tell our kids all all the time that their ministry in Ireland is probably going to be even more important than our ministry in Ireland because it's the young people who are the ones that are taking their lives. Mm. You know, it's the young men between 18 and 24. It's the teen girls between 14 and 18 are the ones that are actually committing suicide, uh, you know, on the majority. And it's the young people who are going to lead the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So exactly. if there are no young believers, then there's no church members, mm-hmm. you know? So our, our big thing too, is that we just want our kids to be able to to do what God has called them because it's not just mine and Chris's calling. God has called us as a family. And so our goal is really just to get there so that they can have a year or two years, you know, their lifetime if God calls them to stay in Ireland Mm -hmm. to be there. So that, that would be huge is just that, you know, use our kids over in Ireland. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to encourage everybody, if you're listening right now, go ahead and pause the recording and just take a minute to pray for Chris and for Joy and for their their three boys, that God would provide that funding and that God would use their experiences to make a difference. You know, God God puts stuff in our lives, not so that we can go through it, but so that he can use it. And he uses everything. And so I, I would just encourage you to pray about that. And then if God leads you to to connect with them, I would like to encourage you to do that as well. We'll have all that stuff linked up in the show notes for you so that you can get right to them and have that opportunity to connect, whether you want to go to their giving page or you want to connect with them on Skype. We'll have all of that stuff available so you can get to write that. Chris and Joy, I just want to say thank you so much for your taking the time to do this and also for your openness. I really appreciate what you shared. Thank you so much. Before we wrap this up, I want to share just a little bit more about the fundraiser. I do have more information at engagingmissions.com slash patron, but I wanted to share this with you right here because we're already connected. So here's what's going on. I really want to see this show provide encouragement and resources and insight for at least a thousand believers every month. And we're not there right now. And to be quite honest, we're not really on the trajectory to get there. And so I'm going to ask you to partner with me in a few key ways. First, I'm going to ask you to partner with me by providing a level of accountability. If there's ever something about this show that makes you think that you don't want to share it with somebody that you know, I'm going to ask you to reach out to me and let me know what that was, because I want to make sure that what we're doing is providing a show that it is so good that you not only want to listen to it, but you also want to share it with people because you're you're thinking it's going to be valuable for them. That could be the content or the preparation or the presentation, any part of that. I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable. I'm also going to ask you to provide prayer support, prayer that I would find the right guests at the right time, that we would cover the topics or the the people appropriately, and that what we do really does provide an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak into the lives of people. I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm also going to ask you, if this show is providing value to you, that you would share it with somebody. Just share it with one more person or two more people. I'm not necessarily asking for social media blasts, although those are are wonderful. But what I'm really looking for is if you know somebody who has a need that would be addressed by what we're covering, that you share that show. 
And then I'm going to also ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the show financially, perhaps at a level of $10 or $15 or $20 a month to help support the show. I'm really looking to get support up to about $300 a month. That's about what it costs me to produce this show. And I'm going to ask you to partner with me in, in doing that, especially if this show has provided value to you. So I'm just going to ask you to prayerfully consider that. Those four things provide accountability about the quality of the show and whether or not it's something that you are proud to share with people. Share it with people. Provide prayer and consider prayerfully whether or not you would like to be a financial supporter of this show. And of course, you can visit engagingmissions.com slash patron for more information about the fundraiser and how you can help partner with the Engaging Missions show. I'd like to say one more time, a huge thank you to Chris and Joy Copeland. I really appreciate them taking the time to do this for sharing their heart and their insight and what they believe God is and will be doing in Ireland. It was great to hear how God has worked through the various Ebenezers in their lives. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash the Copelands. That's where you'll find ways to connect with them. If you're interested in partnering with them, I would definitely encourage you to do that. In fact, if you're, if you're right now making the decision between whether or not you should partner financially with the Copelands or partner financially with me, I'm going to ask you to consider partnering with them first. Just go ahead and do that. Make sure that you come back in a couple of weeks. We're going to be hearing from Steve Sims about how the church can be a prophetic voice in reconciliation. Powerful conversation that I really enjoyed and I think it's going to be good for you as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. It'll be delivered for you absolutely free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you have found this show valuable, I would ask that you help us spread the word. Share it with one person that you think will find valuable. Maybe two people who you think will find this incredibly valuable. You might be that person that God uses to create a connection, to deepen a relationship, or provide a valuable resource as you're sowing into his kingdom. Thanks again so much for being here. I look forward to connecting with you next time.